0: And we are finally catching up with a uh, guy that covers the Braves, has covered MLB for a very long time. We love his work. He writes for The Athletic. We're just a few weeks away, Dave, from pitchers and catchers reporting, and we'll talk Falcons coming up, so stay tuned for that. Two weeks away. Yeah, in 20 minutes. So... Not three. How do you feel? Well, how do you feel about our club? Just generally
1: speaking, we'll get into some of the specifics, but I've been saying the Braves fans... they're five-time defending champions. They won 101 games last year and they're as good or better this year. Well, they win 101 games? I don't know because okay. a lot of things got to go your way to win 101 games. All right. And they're not going to play the same schedule. They're not going to be able to beat up on the Nationals. and Well, the Marlins easily play them pretty tough, but they're not going to play those two teams as many times. So who, who knows? I mean, you don't know how good the teams they're going to pick up on the schedule are going to play or anything like that. So they could win 95 games or 105 games, and, and it wouldn't indicate whether they were better or worse than last year. But I think the team – if uh, guys stay healthy, perform anywhere close to what the table of should be better than last year.
0: I was going to say that's a great point. I totally forgot I hadn't really mentioned that much that you're going to the completely balanced schedule. Everybody plays everybody. So if you got sick and tired of seeing the Marlins and Nats, as Dave just said, good. Uh, that's good news, man. Dave, I know that we've yeah. talked a lot about leadership. Still play him a lot, D- Dave. Is leadership overblown as far as who'll be the next guy to step no. in? Is
1: it simply Travis Darno, or are we going to miss Dansby? No, I don't think it's overblown. I think chemistry is more important than leadership because leadership can be handled by several guys. In other words, it doesn't have to be one guy who's just a clear team captain, the way Freddie Freeman was when he was here last year. They didn't. They, they didn't have, as far as I could tell, and guys I talked to, they didn't have any problem filling that void. But it was a matter of a bunch of different guys had to be a little bit more assertive. And you know, you'd be more. You'd be more of a leader in this area. You in this area out here you and your your meetings that kind of thing so um but I don't think it's overrated uh um it, it, as far as just overall it's got to come from somebody there has to be that chem- I, I should say chemistry is the most important thing rather than leadership but uh I, I i think that they uh losing Freddie and then losing Dansby you certainly have to somebody has to pick up the slack i mean somebody has to uh has to be willing to say things when they need to be said, because Dan's been kind of adapted that role, role last year with Freddie gone. And, and I was told you know, that's why he, how he acquired the nickname, the sheriff last year. So, What position are you concerned about? Uh, the two that everybody is, obviously has questions and wants about, shortstop and, and especially left field. Um, but I, that concern is tempered a little bit in that I know there's a lot of teams that are going to be lagging in left field. Left field is a weakness for a lot of teams. And on the other hand, uh, in, just in general, no team has a superstar. No team has uh, solid production at every position. It might look like that on paper, but somebody there's going to be a weak spot in, in every team. So I think if the Braves get good defense at shortstop, they only need decent offense from that. They don't need Dansby's you know, 25, 30 homers. Um, they might get a, a higher batting average and OBP OVP than Dansby had in the typical year, even if uh, even if they don't get so much power production. Um, and left field is just a big question mark because you don't know what's going to happen with Azuna. Right. Is it going to look like crap like he did the last two years for the most part? Or is it going to look like he did down the stretch last year when he was sitting the ball hard and, and like he did – you know, 2020 isn't that long ago when he was lead, led the league and homers and RBIs. I'm not going to do that again. But somewhere in between, if they could get that kind of production from him, they'd be thrilled. Um, and Rosario, he's a big question because you can't really – got to kind of throw out last year because he had, he had that laser eye surgery. He, he couldn't see the ball in spring training. You know, that when he injured it at some point, he had the eye surgery. But when he came back, you know, it comes back to my surgery in the middle of the season. It just wasn't himself, So. Now he's had, you know, an extra five months to get healed, and I'll be interested to see what uh, what he looks like because if he can return to, you know, the Rosario we saw down the stretch in, in the World Series year and then especially in the playoffs, if he, if he can do anything even remotely similar to that, then all of a sudden Let's field isn't big question mark. So I then they picked up like four guys. Uh, kind of off the scrap heap or trades. And, and between that, I think they can piece it together. Between those guys they picked up, guys like Kevin Pillar from the Mets a few years ago was real good. or It was solid, at least. The guy that got hit in the face, tough guy. Yeah, um, Guys like that, the guy I got from the Rockies, they can piece it together, I think, and, get, and be okay in left field. You know, they did it last year, and I think they can do it again. Shortstop's a bigger thing. You, you just got to get solid defense from shortstop because it's otherwise – you're that hurting. kind of screws up everything. No doubt. It's
0: Dave O'Brien from the Athletic Guys. We're talking about our Braves. It's Dukes and Bells Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Falcons, uh, Falcon Report coming up here in less than 10 minutes. Dave, what about um, when you look at this pitching staff? Do we have enough? We got our starters. Yep. We know there are yep. going to be a couple of guys that compete for the fifth spot in the rotation. How do you feel about the bullpen? Overall, do we have enough pitching?
1: Hell of, a, hell of a pitching staff. It's, uh, if, if guys stay healthy, it should be better than last year's. The bullpen got better. The pickups weren't sexy names, but solid guys like Ludke. If you look at his numbers the last two years with the with the Yankees, the veteran lefty, mid, he's in his mid-30s, but he had great numbers the last two years with the Yankees. You add him in there, and then Jimenez moving into the setup role, the guy from Detroit, he's a big, big uh, kind of a uh, like a 260, 70-pound guy that those hard, had good stuff, doesn't wall people, a lot of strikeouts. Um, he struck out 33% of the batters he faced last year. It was like top 5% in baseball. You move him into the setup role that Iglesias had last year. Iglesias moves up to the closer, and you're better in those spots now. So, right. you know, with what they added, you know, because last year, you know, they, don't forget, they, they they went almost the whole year basically without Max. And when he was there, he was hurt. He wasn't pitching very well. And they went the whole year without Luke Jackson, so the bullpen was a lot lesser last year than it was the year before, and it was still pretty good. It was still real good. So they have a, they they're able to piece that together on the fly if they have to, and they got such good chemistry and camaraderie in that bullpen that I think that uh, they'll be able to continue that. But but I like the talent they got in the bullpen this year more than than last year. You know, in retrospect, because Matic. You know, was hurt, and Luke got hurt in the spring training. So but it should be a better pin. And, and that rotation, you got uh, Turner who's 39. Obviously, he's not what he used to be. But if you look at a stretch last year, because he, he spent last winter rehabbing from the broken leg that he suffered in the World Series, the, you know, the previous World Series. So he really... Started last spring training way behind, and it showed early on. But if you look, he had a stretch there, and it wasn't—I'm not talking five or ten games. I'm talking seventeen starts, where he was every bit as good as he had been in the in the past five years. So, I, I still think Charlie can be more than adequate, especially where they need him. He might—he could arguably, if he's if he's regular Charlie Morton, are close to it. He could be the best number four starter in the league. And that's where they're going to need him. Number four, because they're set at top with Freed Strider, who's dominant, and Kyle Wright, who only led the majors in wins last year. You know, I'm not a big wins guy, but he he also had a low three ZRA. I mean, he was strong. Kyle yeah. Wright was strong. So, your first three is about as good as anybody's as far as being reliable, all that. I mean, very good. And Strider. I'm really excited to see what he can do because this dude last year was just ridiculous. And, and if him in the, in the rotation from day one, remember, he didn't join the rotation last year until two months in. So him from day one, I mean, he might get 300 strikeouts in 180 innings. <laughs> I mean, he's that good. Right.
0: And wearing 99, by the way, and it's an homage to Wild Thing from uh, from Major League as well. Dave O'Brien, guys. Yeah, that's just,
1: pretty funny, man. If you just tuning in, guys. Funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Right. If, man if you the more interviews you see with him, the guys get if you get to know him, he is hilarious and he's super smart. He's a really smart guy. He's a lot going on kind of the Greg Maddox type uh, really smart guy, but really funny, kind of goofy, funny. Uh, he's a little more uh, <laughs> sophisticated in the interviews than Greg was. But the same kind of guy, guy's really likable. Uh, you just know there's a whole lot going on there. The gears are working in that brain at all times.
0: Right. So, on. Hey, he's, by the
1: way, great pickup. Hey, by the way,
0: I know that we uh, we talked about you know Vaughn Grissom and his high, like. How does he handle the pressure? And what was what was your take on him last year? Because obviously, Money Mike came in and just killed it. And it seemed like I thought the the stats were great, but Grissom tailed off a little bit. What what is he going to do? We know he's been yeah. working with Ron Washington. What is a realistic realistic expectation for Braves fans?
1: Well, I mean, if you look at the stats, it was like you know terrific when he first came up for about a month and then really slumped after that. And I think it was a classic case of a rookie that teams adjusted to. Nobody knew anything about him when he came up and he, and they got fastballs to hit and he raked. Then teams found his weakness, exploited it, whatever that was. So now it's a matter of him making adjustments and he will, he's a smart kid, but I mean, he's being asked to do that last year as a 21 year old playing and playing a position that, you know, he played in the minors. Yeah. But he, he you know, he second base was not his primary position. He's a shortstop. So he's actually going back to his more customary position, playing it at the big league levels different, but you're not going to, you're not going to get a better preparation than spending you know, three and a half weeks with Ron Washington over the course of the winter working one-on-one, not like he's working with five guys. He's mm-hmm. working like he would in a regular workout. He's working just with him. So, and wash, if you go back and look at Oakland, I mean, there were guys that literally gave their gold gloves to Wash after they got him because they said he's the guy that made me a gold glove. It is actually it is. I mean, they, he was uh, uh, it, nobody teaches the nobody teaches better than him. And Grissom is a really good athlete, and i I, I think I, I think he could surprise some people. I think he could be really good over there. And offensively, he's got terrific bat to ball skills. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's and we saw that when he first came up and hit that home run on the first night. But uh, I think he's going to be fine. I, I I think a lot of people are really concerned about it, and I think maybe may overly concerned just because of the way he struggled down the stretch. But I I think he'll be fine. When he, he, he's got to focus all the time. Mm-hmm. That's the thing they were trying to get him to do because he'd lose. And Dan's, we told me this last year. He loved him, chris when he first came up. He said, "I love the kid." and and I asked him about shortstop, and he said he's got to focus more. I mean, he's got, he loses his focus. I mean, I think it's just being such a young, talented player that he could get by with natural talent sometimes and, and skate by in the minor leagues and still rake and get on base. And in the majors, he can't afford to do that, take a pitch off here and there. And I think, I'm sure Wash has drilled that into him. So I would really expect to see marked improvement in that area, shortstop where he knows he cannot afford to make a little careless mistake. I mean, he's just going to be, have to be on at all times when he's on the field.
0: Dave O'Brien, our guest. Dave, we lost Dana Brown, vice president of scouting. He's now the Astros general manager. He was a guy behind the scenes a lot of people didn't know about, but he was incredible at his job. And Really good. uh, He was great. And and I wonder how you feel about what that means for the organization moving forward and, Alex, and the decision-making that we've had. When you're talking about some of the talent, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, uh, Vaughn Grissom. Dana had a big part in all of those guys. Yep. Yeah, he
1: had an he had a run of drafts there. He had a few drafts that it's hard to, for anybody to match the drafts he had. I mean, the one draft with all three of those guys you mentioned, um, Harrison, Strider. I mean, he's, and we're not even talking about first round where it's hard to miss on guys in the first 15 picks. We're talking about third round, fourth round. Vaughn Grissom, I think it's 11th round. <laughs> I mean, they did a hell of a job, and this was – and then they had Langoliers, and uh, they used him to get, you know, Olsen. Um, they, they had about six guys that really were impressive uh, draft picks that, that
0: were down,
1: down in down later rounds mostly. Not Langoliers, he was a first rounder, but uh, really good picks. To answer your question, it's a loss. There's no doubt. Um, but Alex has several months to get a new one. It's too late to do it right now in, in, in the baseball year. It's um, too late to get a scouting director now. You wait till after the season's over, when you can you know talk to guys and and somebody can move from one those to another. Not going to do that right now. So um, we'll see how it affects them in this draft. I think it probably won't affect them that much because they got you know they know I think how they feel about most of the guys that are uh, possibilities in the June this June's draft. Um, the guy, his assistants, I think have a real good handle on that. Uh, and knowing Alex and the reputation he has and, you know, the, the prestige that this organization has right now, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't bring in a really good scouting director. It's probably good that it is too late to do it right now because it gives him months to do it instead of, you know, doing something on the fly. And I think knowing, just knowing Alex, he won't settle for anything less than another really good one. But he goes way back with, uh, with Dana. So he's going to be hard to replace, there's no doubt.